coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and you're at peacepodcast.org. This is your opportunity to find out what we, we, and I'm saying all of us can do about nuclear weapons. As you know, Peace Podcast was designed in order to bring peace, security, and a world that works for all. With speakers who are working at the top of the world, at the United Nations, or they're working as Dr. Ira Halfan today is with us, Dr. Ira Halfan. We all call him Dr. Ira, so that's why I had to glance over at his last name. Everybody knows him by Dr. Ira. I said to Ann Frisk, another partner in our work to get rid of nuclear weapons, how do you say his last name? She says, oh, I never use his last name. I call him Dr. Ira. Dr. Ira, welcome. Well, Barbara, thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. It's my absolute pleasure. Dr. Halfan, MD is a member of the International Steering Group or the International Campaign on the Abolish Nuclear Weapons. I can International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. You may remember I can in 2017 got the Nobel Peace Prize, and he is the immediate past president of the International Physicians for the Prevention of Nuclear War, the founding partner of I can, and itself the recipient of the new Nobel no Nobel Peace Prize um, in 1985. And as I read down his resume, I got to a point that I almost fell off my chair. He was on the committee that got the United Nations to, in 19, no, it was in 2017, the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. Imagine the Treaty of the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons came out in 2017. Where are we today, Dr. Ira? Where are we? Well, we're in a, in a, in a complex place. Uh, on the good side, there is the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, uh, which was adopted in 2017, has now been ratified by 55 countries, which means that it has legally entered into force. Um, and this is an enormous step forward, uh, an effort brought about by governments that, of countries that do not have nuclear weapons and by civil society working together in partnership to make a strong statement that we need to eliminate nuclear weapons. That's the good news. The bad news is that we are, in the opinion of experts like former Defense Secretary William Perry, uh, the panel of experts at the Bolt of the Atomic Scientists, closer to nuclear war than we have ever been. And people are not paying adequate attention to this. You know, we've finally started to pay, as a society, attention to the climate crisis, although not enough attention. But when it comes to nuclear weapons, this issue has essentially fallen off the public radar screen. You know, back in the 1980s, everybody knew about the danger of nuclear war. We were all terrified. If they asked people, you know, what are the big problems facing the world today? Preventing nuclear war was number one and number two on everybody's list. You pose that question today, nuclear war doesn't even make it onto most people's lists. And that's the problem, the real problem that we need to address. How do we educate the public again to the extraordinary existential danger they face from nuclear weapons. Because the experts are telling us, if we keep going in the way direction we're going, we are going to have a nuclear war. But we don't need to go down that route. This is a decision that we get to make. 
Is it really a danger of nuclear war? Yeah, there really is. Uh, you know, we have come within minutes of nuclear war on multiple occasions during the nuclear weapons era. Usually it's been due to computer malfunctions or, or other kinds of accidents of that sort, which led one or another of the nuclear armed states to believe that it was under attack by the other side. Um, and to prompt them to begin the process of launching their own nuclear weapons. We've literally gone through this. Moscow and Washington have on at least six occasions begun the process of launching their nuclear arsenals and called them back, stop that process at the last minute. Um, that danger is increasing now for a number of reasons. Tensions between the United States and Russia are the worst they've been in 30 years since the end of the Cold War. Tensions between the United States and China are the worst that they've been in 40 years. Um, the situation in Korea remains extremely unstable. We have a situation in South Asia, which many people outside of South Asia do not track closely, but India and Pakistan are nuclear armed states. They have fought four wars. They came close to war twice in 2020. And we now know from studies that have been done over the last decade, that even a relatively small nuclear war, as might take place between India and Pakistan, a war that would involve only uh, a half to 1% of the world's nuclear arsenals, that kind of a war would not only be a disaster locally in South Asia, in India and Pakistan, but it would also cause enough climate disruption across the entire planet to trigger a catastrophic decline in food production and to trigger a famine that would put billions of people at risk of starvation. Is this is an event which would end civilization as we know it. And you're just talking about the end of the world. Really, that's what you're saying. You're not saying that we have a hope that if this happens, we're saying the end of the world is here with no food, with the uh, sun being obliterated by the smoke, etc., and that all the lives that were lost. Why don't we learn this lesson? What is it that no. keeps us from knowing it? I, I think there's just massive denial in play here. You know, when the Cold War ended, there was like this collective worldwide sigh of relief. You know, we dodged the bullet. The Cold War was over. We weren't going to have a nuclear war. And of course, the weapons didn't go away. The danger never went away. But as the danger has increased, we just haven't wanted to face that reality. I mean, this was such a nightmare that the world lived through during the Cold War, this fear of nuclear war. We just don't want to face it again. And that's the best explanation I can come up with. There's almost like a conspiracy among political leaders and the media to not talk about this issue. Uh, when studies are released showing the effects of a limited nuclear war, the media treat it as though, the, I mean, they just ignore it completely. And so the task for us is to figure out how in this situation, we bring this to public attention again. What and here to bring it to their attention, you know, <laughs> we have the nuclear, we have the treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons, but still people don't really even know they can sign it. Uh, well, I think there are things, several things we need to do. We need to mobilize civil society. Uh, civil society played an enormously important role in bringing about the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. The international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons was a partner with the na national governments that were pushing the treaty forward. And it played a, a key role in mobilizing public support, and it continues to play a key role in getting countries which have not yet signed and ratified the treaty to do so. But we need to reach beyond that. Uh, we need to reach out to all kinds of non-governmental entities, faith communities, uh, service groups like Rotary or, or Kiwanis, uh, 
professional associations, labor unions, academic associations. All of these need to be mobilized to talk about nuclear war as they did back in the 1980s. It's and also so we, like we have to have a love affair with our planet in order for us to believe that if we love our planet enough, that we will not destroy it. And, and with the climate situation today and the food population dwindling because of the, all the other problems, it's like, where can we begin? Let's start with that. Where do we begin, Ira? Well, for people here in the United States, we've launched this campaign called Back from the Brink, the call to prevent nuclear war. Uh, this is a, a campaign to mobilize civil society uh, and government officials to put pressure on the federal government to change U.S. nuclear policy. And we have to remember that we have been successful in this kind of effort in the past. In the early 1980s, we were racing towards nuclear war with the Soviet Union. But we started a campaign here in the United States, the Freeze Campaign, and over the course of three or four years, mobilized millions of people here in the United States, millions of people in Europe and in the Soviet Union also, and in Japan and Australia, also became very active on this issue. And we were able to bring about fundamental change in nuclear policy. We went from a situation in 1981, 1982, where the U.S. administration bragged about our ability to fight and win a nuclear war to a situation in 1985 when President Reagan and President Gorbachev jointly said, nuclear war can never be won and must never be fought. And that was a complete turnaround, 180-degree turnaround in nuclear policy here in the United States and in the Soviet Union. So we know that we can bring about this kind of fundamental change if we are able to mobilize people. And mobilize and it where you are right now. That's why we have you on peacepodcast.org. We have to mobilize the people in a way that brings us together on this goal of getting rid of nuclear weapons. I was in Iceland and I saw where they had their accord created. It was a house, it was a home. And they had no ambassadors there and they were able to have a conversation. That's why I wrote the book, Revolutionary Conversation, to get people to realize their conversations are important. The words that we speak are important. Why is Ira so passionate about you, the civil society? Without you, we would not have had this accord. And Ira was on that team. He knows what we're talking about. Ira, now let's get right down to the brass tacks here. I see there's a conference coming up, eliminating the existential threat of nuclear weapons on September 30th, 11 o'clock Eastern time. Tell me about that and how can people get on board? So this is a conference that is organized by the International Physicians for, for the Prevention of Nuclear War and our colleagues in the international health community. And the panel includes the president of Rotary International, the president of the International Committee of the Red Cross, and the Undersecretary General of the United Nations, the High Representative for Disarmament Affairs. Uh, and the focus of this is an attempt to educate people broadly about this urgent danger and the fact that there are things we can do about it. Uh, this is a conference that will focus on the steps we can take to eliminate these weapons. And if people would like to register for the conference, you can go to the website of IPPNW, www.IPPNW.org. And there's a link there where you can register for the conference. And I would encourage people to do that. Think about the uh, threat. Eliminate the threat. That's what we're really talking about right now. We can't have peace and security if we have this threat hanging over our head all the time. 
because there's no out, there's no way out. Um, and I think what we need to understand is, is, is that this is a choice that we need to make. We're either going to continue to have nuclear weapons, in which case at some point they're going to be used, and everything that we care about is going to be destroyed, or we can make the opposite decision. We can say these weapons are a threat to our survival and we're going to get rid of them. Uh, they are not a force of nature. This is something that we have complete control over. We know how to dismantle nuclear weapons. We've dismantled tens of thousands since the high point of our nuclear arsenals during the Cold War. There are about 14,000 left in the world, and we know how to get rid of them. We just need to do it. And th this process requires, I think, a real fundamental change in the way we think about things. Right now, United States, Russia, China, they're all acting to, they're all engaged in this uh, competition to see who can get the strongest position in the world, who can end up on top. And the problem is that the world is falling apart under their feet. The climate crisis is destroying this planet as we know it. And if we don't all come together and cooperate to deal with the climate crisis, to deal with potential future pandemics, to deal with global poverty and inequality, then whoever ends up on top is going to end up on top of an ash heap. And they need to understand that. They've got, we need to totally replace this model of international relations. This is not like sort of, you know, some kumbaya kind of, we all need to love each other kind of thing I'm talking about. This is straight, hard, practical reality. If we don't all work together, we are all going to die together. And we need to get our leaders to understand this. When they sit down and talk, they've got to stop playing these games, these diplomatic games that they play all the time. They need to get real as Reagan and Gorbachev did in the 80s, understand what is truly at stake here, understand the role they can play in saving this planet, and then, damn it, do it. That is so beautiful. Understand the role you can play in saving this planet. That should be a bumper sticker on everybody's car or everybody's mind, on everybody's website. You know, I am of the opinion that the COVID-19 gave us an opportunity to settle down, to think through some of the issues, to not be rushing around in cars and eating out and avoiding the reality of this, this nuclear threat. When I first joined the United Nations, uh, I went there as a young girl and I saw this meditation chapel and I thought, my gosh, they have a spiritual base. And that's where we have to get back into our heart, save our children, save our world. And we are, it's up to us, right, Ira? Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, we all tend to get a bit overwhelmed by the climate crisis, by the pandemic, certainly by the threat of nuclear war. And I think it's really important for us to, to sort of step back and, and, and understand no one of us is going to solve this problem all by ourselves. But if we all act together, we can solve it. And, you know, we all want to do something good with our lives. Well, those of us who are living today have been given the opportunity to save the world. This is the best thing anybody can ever do. And if we all work together, if we all do that part of the job, which is ours to do, we will save the world. And, you know, I think if we look at it that way, we can see the situation not just as the terrible burden that it is, but also as something of a gift. I mean, we are in a position to do something truly wonderful. And it's just up to us whether we do it or not. It made me cry. That was such a beautiful statement. This is a gift. 
every opportunity that comes our way, whether it's negative or positive, is always a gift. A deep, in front of me, I have everything is a gift. And what we do with that gift, the knowledge of having people like Dr. Ira here telling you that it's up to us to sign that treaty that the United Nations put out. It's up to us to tell our friends, yes, there is a real threat, and this is what we need to do. And I would suggest you join us at this conference. Whoopsie, there you go. That's the bell. We're going to all be on time. To bring this to an end, we're going to end this nuclear threat, and we will have the security our children and grandchildren deserve. You know, Ira, I'm going to give you the last minute. If you had a wish, what would it be for our planet today? Um, what I would wish for it is the kind of change in thinking that I was talking about a few minutes ago. Um, I think our problems are eminently solvable if we decide to solve them. And the key to that is understanding the enormity of the danger that we face. We cannot continue with business as usual, with life as usual. We are in a crisis. And if we recognize that and take appropriate action, we will get out of this situation. Um, nuclear, eliminating nuclear weapons is actually a relatively easy task. It's not as big a change in the way we all live as the steps we're going to need to take to deal with the climate crisis. But by taking those steps, by eliminating nuclear weapons, we will build the kind of international cooperation that is then going to also help us deal with the climate crisis, um, with future pandemics when those arrive, and with other problems that we face over time. So that's, I think, what we need to do. We need to understand that we are facing a crisis, and we need to understand that we can do something about it. You're listening to Dr. Ira Hilfan. He's a medical doctor. He knows what he's talking about. He is not just coming to you without the background of working at the United Nations, without the background of knowing that nuclear weapons will not save us, that they are not going to keep us safe. And I'm Barbara Gunn Mueller, and I realize this is a very serious podcast because peace begins with a serious look at what we need to do to eliminate war, to eliminate nuclear weapons, and to eliminate the possibility that our children will not have a world that is safe. We can't do that. That's why I do this peace podcast. That's why I traveled with my late husband for 17 years around the world, from India to Japan, to explaining. This is our world. We are one world, and we need to become one family that cares for each other. I remember Mother Teresa, when I was in India, saying, you know what? We've lost the ability to care for each other. We have to care for each other. And that starts with our thinking. You heard Dr. Iris say, change your thinking. She doesn't say scare yourself. He said, change your thinking that nuclear weapons is not going to be the answer to security on our planet. The biggest bomb isn't going to be the way out. So Dr. Ira, with that, I say thank you. And let's all see each other September on 30th at 11 o'clock Eastern time, eliminating the existential threat to nuclear weapons, of nuclear weapons. Ira, you're amazing. Thank you, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you this morning, Barbara. You know, Ira and I met in 2016 at the World Peace Conference, and again in 2020. It's time to make some action here. Ira is going to not live to be 900. He needs you to get up and help him. God bless Ira. Thank you, Ira. You're an angel from heaven. And I say that in all sincerity. You're here for a purpose, a big purpose, and I thank you for being here today. With that, I say thank you for joining us. Now bring your family together and watch this podcast. Talk about it. Go to the United Nations website and look at the Treaty for Elimination of Nuclear Weapons. Pay attention. 
It's your time. And I'm Barbara Gonmuller thanking you for joining us.